And here we go! There's a man open left side, caught! Touchdown! Yeah. It's Touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. Three one two three zero zero nine eighty. That's how you get to us here on a beautiful Wednesday morning here in the nation's capital. Pete Medhurst, Chris Russell with you up until 12 noon. Again, our thanks to Steve Wino for joining us. And as the Capitals get going, you can hit the rewind feature, get Steve's thoughts on that. He'll be there tonight when they take on Boston. It's fourth time Caps have opened up a season with Boston. And they're two in one lifetime, including that seven nothing spanking of the Bruins, uh, the opener after uh, the year they won the uh, championship. So I was there that night when they raised the banner. That was pretty good, wasn't it? That was a pretty emotional night. It's been a long time since since then. Now four straight playoff exits in the first round. Not good. Got to change that around. Got to make the playoffs. As Steve Wino is very very confident. <laughs> got to make the playoffs first, but you got to get out of the first round, right? It used to be around here. Can't get out of the second round. Then they climbed that mountain in Pittsburgh, and obviously then beat Tampa and won the cup. But got to get into the playoffs first. Got to get out of the first round for the commanders just got to win a game yeah got to get to two and four got to get to two and four and just keep fighting until the math tells you you're not uh in it anymore right now and is this is this the beginning of the end or is it a rallying point for ron rivera and his players with the way things have gone the last couple of days there's a point part of me and knowing what Ron has been through health-wise and how much, even when you're fully healthy, this profession is a hell of a grind. But I must sense if there's a, a, a tired Ron Rivera, a Ron Rivera getting tired of all of the noise that goes along with being the coach of the Washington football team. So that is that is a little bit of a concern for me. And the fact is, is this the rallying point for the franchise under Ron? Or is it the beginning of the end? Three one. I didn't consider that part. I didn't consider that part. Of course, me being you know more glasses half empty than glasses half full. When Wino said that, I said, "Hmm, okay." Um, and maybe I missed it from you. I apologize if I did. I I didn't think that maybe it could be a like you said a galvanizing effect. Maybe it could be a us against the world effect. Maybe well, we're going to find out. I mean, look, effect. we're going to find out if the guys in the locker room believe in Wentz and yeah. rally around him, yeah. or if they see the writing on the wall. You know, hey, this group's leading us into nowhere. You know, we're just riding in the van. We're just riding around. We're riding around. We don't stop anywhere. I think. Uh, I don't think we're going to see the the impact tomorrow night necessarily. I think they'll be fine tomorrow night. I do wonder long-term, as this goes on, if it doesn't dramatically improve, where we're going to be if we take the temperature, you know, of the culture, of the culture club, I don't know, December 1st, Man, Thanksgiving you, weekend, culture whatever club. it might be. Do you really want to hurt me? Do, do you really, really want to make want... me cry? Yeah. You're going to make me cry if we lose tomorrow night and get to one and five. Let's start things off here with our man Little. On a Wednesday oh, morning. What's up, Little? Little in the leadoff oh, spot. Oh, man. Man, top of the morning, gentlemen. What up, Little? I was just telling you, I was just telling the man on the mic who picked up the phone and get us in there. That would be Matty. Matty Ice. Maddie. Yeah, Matty, Matty, Matty Ice. I like that name. Matty Ice, cool, cool partner, man. Look, I was trying to tell him, man, that um, I don't think he was around during this time when the cartoon series was out called Gulliver's Trials. 
Gulliver's Trials. Y'all might remember this cartoon, but it was a little dude on there, man, that always say, we'll never make it. We'll never make it. That's right. A little short little rap. Yeah. And you know what, man? I got the feeling that we first, we first, we played that mobile quarterback that um, that guy, guy up in Philly. That boy didn't even run that much on us. This guy here, this guy, man, this guy is mobile. He's going to run the serve. Man, we, and, the, and the defenses, man, they're going to give an effort, but I still feel Ron and put, put put that thing on him and put that mojo on the whole team, man. They feel like, man, Ron, you, the game didn't pass them. I can see it. I'm at home. But you know what, though, fellas? Guess what? It's October. We got the Wizards. We got the Caps. And guess what? I got a feeling they're gonna both of them gonna start strong. And guess what that's gonna do? That gonna pull that crowd from from the stadium, man. It's kind of sad because if I I was hoping they come out winning, then we got three we got three teams, man. In October, November, December, we rolling. But it didn't happen, fellas. It didn't happen, man. So I'm I, I'm gonna still fall in the game because I'm a ticket I'm a season ticket holder. But you know what? One thing about me, and I'm beginning to learn. I, I appreciate good football. And you know what I'm saying? And then as you get older, you appreciate the game more. So, man, it's it's pulling me away slowly but surely because we got to get these folks up out of here, man. So I, I feel like, man, hey, it's not a lost cause, and I'm hoping them boys go in there and battling, but I'm I'm sounding like my man on Gubbler's trial. We'll never make it. We'll never make it. That's right, man. <laughs> We're like, Thank you, Little. Y'all go, man. Appreciate it, Little. We hear you. We hear you. We're, we appreciate We're in the van. We're right. I got, I got, I, I gotta make it to GSA. Let me get up out of here, man. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thank I mean, you. We're little. just we're just riding around in the van. We're waiting for the person to stop. We're well, all you said at the merry-go-round, right, or whatever you, know, you said. We just, I, I it mean, just never stops. You know, it, here, here's let the us thing. off. Here's the thing, though. You know, sometimes the magic elixir is on the other side of the fence, right? Or, uh, you know, what is what is the adage? The grass isn't always greener on the other side. For this organization, every time you think injection of life, injection of new attitude, new leadership, new spirit, new way of doing things, for this organization, Pete, it's never worked. It's never worked. Nope. The only thing that moderately worked was, you know, a year here or a year there or or, or short-term, you know, kind of fix. I guess Joe Gibbs... Probably is the only time, part two. How about Todd Collins? Of, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but even with Joe, it didn't really work, did no, it? No, because I mean, it Joe, did, was, Joe was so out of it yeah. by then. He called back-to-back timeouts, something yeah. you can't do in the National Football League. Yeah. Let's go to line three, the city that takes three counties, Howard, PG, and Anne Arundel. Chris is in Laurel. What's up, Chris? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you what's guys? up, Chris? For taking my call. Thanks for um, making it. So I just, I just kind of, I didn't get a chance to call uh, the other day about this Ron Rivera comment. Like I'm, we, we're already the bottom of the barrel in the laughing stock. I don't understand why a coach can't make a comment that's true and hurt somebody's feelings. And we got to keep going back and say, well, he's got. What did he have to apologize for? Yeah, he probably should have said we need to put him as coaches. We need to put him in a better position and work with the offensive line and get him out the pocket. There's things we could do to help him. But right now, if you look at everybody in our division, what the question was asked is, what is the difference? When he has the ball in the hand, when he was down there on the two-yard line, did any of you two or me think that he was not going to throw an interception? Right. I knew it was a 75% chance he was going to throw one. <laughs> I'm positive the other teams don't have that feeling. Ever since the Philly game, he's been shook. I think what they need to do is, when he's going a bad quarter or a bad half, sit him down for the rest of the game. Let him sit and watch from the stands. Maybe put that fire underneath him to think there's somebody behind him to play. Because right now, I don't feel like Carson Wentz really gives a damn about anything at all except cashing his check. 
and that's how it feels to me. So we got to lay the fire some kind of way. I'm not mad at the comment, but um, defense has turned it around a little bit with the run. So they made adjustments there. Um, I just don't understand what's going on with the offense with the adjustments. And uh, like I said, nobody has answers, and we'll just wait to see this Thursday. Chris, I, I like the I like the passion, Pete. I don't know about you. Uh, I like the passion from Chris and Laurel. Here's the problem. I, I I don't think it's fair to say Carson doesn't care about anything but cash and the paycheck. Number one and number two. As I said yesterday, as I've said to anybody who will listen, I believe Ron was absolutely, absolutely meaning to criticize Carson Wentz and to call out Carson Wentz and to say we need more than Car- from Carson Wentz. And he has every right to. This notion, this absurd notion that Carson Wentz isn't a problem is just that. It's absurd. He is and has been a problem. Is he the only problem? No. He is a problem, period. End of story. Did you think with all certainty they were punching that ball in from the two? No, never. I didn't either. Not necessarily because I thought they would throw an interception, although certainly that crosses your mind. But I honestly thought they would try to run the ball with no timeouts left. And time would run out. And, and time would run out. Or, oh! or what would happen? What we talked about on Monday. They'd get tackled short of the goal line. And this was true out. for your point, your main point about the pass and not running the routes in the end zone. They would get tackled short of the goal line, and then with no time, uh, no timeouts, they wouldn't be able they to would get either to the line run, run out of time play. or they would commit like a false start and have a 10 second runoff. And game would be over. Right. It's going to line five. Ron's in Baltimore. What's up, Ron? Yeah, I like the dialogue about uh, going on here about Ron Rivera. You know, you know, they're doing the best they can do. He's coaching. He needs to coach him up better. He got some decent players. I wouldn't say that Carson is throwing throwing the towel in. He's out there playing. He knows he can get hurt. So he, I, I doubt if he's you know faking it right now just for the money. But we need to move on from Ryan Rivera. Take a look at some other coaches. You know what? What would be wrong with uh, having a black coach come in here? Uh, young black coach like Brian Flores. Could he do something that, that Ron couldn't do? They're saying everybody's trending to younger. I don't necessarily think that's going to be better, but uh, it is a trend. Well, appreciate the phone call, Ron. I, I don't hire people based on black or white. I, I mean, if you want to bring in Brian Flores, fine. Brian Flores is a tough, tough SOB to deal with. Okay, I don't think that would be a great mix in this organization with the culture, with the history of this fan base, uh, of of that owner, of that building. I don't think that would personally be a good fit. I mean, if you're going to hire someone based on skin color or whatever or whatever the dynamic is, I would think you would lean towards Eric Bieniemy and or Byron Leftwich, who you brought up, Washington, D.C. native, the other day. My guys right now would be Leftwich or D'Amico Ryans. Oh, that's the other name. Yeah, right. That's the other name. Uh, but I'd are like- you willing to go with a first-time head coach again? They've tried this. With, now, listen. They've tried the veteran head coach. They've tried the Super Bowl winning head coach. They've tried the coach with all the power. They tried the rookie head coach, Jay Gruden, Jim Zorn. I mean, they've tried everybody. Nobody works! Everyone stinks. This culture, this building, this organization sucks 
the ever-loving life out of you. Think about the and whole, your common but, sense. But you, none of these coaches have really had a great chance, to be honest with you, um, based on the whole structure of this whole thing. I mean, Ron was the closest one that had the best chance because there was no Bruce. Uh, well, and, there's no interference. Dan, right. There's and, no and interference Dan, for him. And we believe Dan took a major step back compared to Shanahan but, where he didn't, right? But just to throw this kind of structure out there, you would love to see it with like a Brett Veach yeah. as a GM right. and, you know, whether it's D'Amico Ryans, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, again, the thing you have to caution yourself with the enemy is, is he bringing Patrick Mahomes with him? Right. Okay? But a D'Amico Ryans, a enemy a Byron Leftwich, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether Kevin O'Connell, you know, any any of the, the guys like McVay are, are the guys that used to be here. If you don't have a structure in place that helps them get good players in here over the entire 53-man roster... To, to go attack what is a, an excellent National Football League right now, then it, it doesn't matter who your coach is. I mean, my God, at the time you brought him in, there's not much better you can do than Mike freaking Shanahan. And, and look at what happened there. Right. There was but, so but much the hands interference. Were all re- right, exactly. There the was hands so were much in the interference that right. all the egos got involved, right. and it screwed it up. Right. I mean, my God, we thought after 2012, we're sitting there, oh, my God, we finally we've right. got it. We were going places. Look how fast that fell apart. Well, but right from the get-go with the Donovan McNabb trade, if you believe Mike and anyone on Mike's side, and, you know, I do, Dan and Bruce were hands in the cookie jar on on, on Donovan McNabb right from the get-go, three months into his tenure. Let's go to the 757 and grab Paul E. Dangerously. What's up, Paulie? Because, Pete, what's going on, man? Rufio. My yes, Paulie. Sure. Hell, Absolutely. Hell, hell to the W, man. Hey, man. There must be something in the name Chris because both of y'all are lunatics. <laughs> He's been shook since the Philly game. He got beat down in the Philly game. Hey, let me tell you something. You step out your house and you get jumped by five dudes and you thought you was being protected by the gated community, I guarantee you every morning you step out the house, you're going to be shook. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on, man. Look, man. Y'all know how I feel about this Ron Rivera apology, man. Come on. You was having a bad day? You know, I have bad days, too. But you, we know, but when I'm having a bad day and my mother called me or my brother called me, I don't start trashing my lady. You know what I mean? <laughs> I might call Rufio up and start yelling at him. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I don't start trashing my lady, man. And that's basically what Ron said. I had a bad day, so I wanted to yell about Carson. I mean, come on, man. I mean, in, in the reality of it all, if he wasn't directly referring to Carson, which he was, you know what I mean? And, or, or if he was just talking about the position in the hole in the two years he's been here, he's the fault for that. So, once again, why would he galvanize around him saying, I apologize for talking about Carson, but he's still not taking the blame for this team record, for the way this team plays. For three years in a row, this team's starting out slow. I mean, you look at it, man. We we lost four games already. You pretty much have to go 10-7 and seven to maybe have a chance at the playoffs, to have a chance at the playoffs. That's not going to happen. So once again, we're going to be sitting at home, and what's going to be his excuse then, man? 
Because I'm telling you right now, Dan is not even in a position to even fathom firing him this year. You know, maybe next year, maybe at some point next year, you know, after the season or whatever. But I've I, I said it three times. This is the third time I'm saying we're going to have to deal with this all year long and maybe into next year also. So, but I mean, all them coaching names, all that sound fine. But the, but the key thing is, man, we gonna we need organo, organizational structure. So it's going to have to start with a general manager. And everybody that's there in that building right now, Ron has brought there. So who's actually going to – you know, Herney ain't staying. You know, there's a good chance that Mayhew not going to stay. I mean, so he's brought everybody there. He, he brought – he had the old sign off on the Jason Wright thing. So my whole thing is it's, it's going to be a complete blow-up. And I don't think Dan is in a position for a complete blow-up anyways. Uh, not, that not, off, not financially, hey, look, I can hey, tell you that much. Hey, look. Hey, hey, check this out. Look, see, I'm having a good day, so I didn't trash Rufio. Yeah, a boy, Paulie. Have a have, w, have a good day, unlike Ron Rivera. Thank you, Paulie. Um, Rocky Pinnock on Twitter brought up a name that I should have thought of, and for whatever reason I didn't, uh, at Rocky Pinnock. He said, how about Raheem Morris? Has prior experience dealing with Ashburn, and he did. I worked with Raheem, uh, love Raheem, uh, believe he could be successful. Former head coach as well in Tampa, obviously been the defense coordinator of the Super Bowl champion Rams um, with Sean McVay for the last couple of years. Uh, I think that's a name that probably does not get enough mention and enough run. What about this? Uh, you know what? Let me do this. Let me save the name that I have that is going to fit your profile and is going to, I think, really get something going in your mind and in Commanders fans' minds. I want to save that name for Mm. who you could pair Hmm. with a young head coach if they decided to move on from Rivera. And we weren't even necessarily talking about firing. I I don't believe Ron Rivera should be fired right now. It's just, it comes up, it's it's what the fan base is feeling. We react to what the fan base is feeling and thinking. We ask questions. Can they move forward from this? Can they put it in the past? Can they rebound? Can they be resilient? Uh, Is this going to be a negative? We're asking all the appropriate questions. Fans are going to go wherever they want to go. But there is a name. There in addition to the head coaching candidates that we just talked about through the calls and through Rocky Pinnock, there is a name that I want to bring up, uh, and I think it would make a lot of people around here happy. 301-230-0980. That's how you join us. Touchdown at 10, underway right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Stuff you said yesterday made a bit of a stir, and you had Alex Smith and other people out there saying stuff. What did you make of their reaction, and do you understand why they reacted the way they did? I do, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I spoke to my team this morning. You know, we, we I basically told them that I said some things that were misconstrued. I didn't present it properly, and that's on me. So I took accountability, told the guys that, uh, you know, I should know better, and uh, I had a bad day. Yep. Had a bad day. You know what song this is, right? Yes, you have a bad day. Yes. We're just not able to play the lyrical version, so we've got to get, like, I guess, permission or whatever to get, like, use the lyrics. I went over to 
try and talk to CK to get it cleared out uh, because uh, Essig and I had a, a good idea to kind of put together a little production piece, which we're going to work on. <coughs> Excuse me. The problem was CK was busy. He was talking with B. Mitch and, and, and JP and, and Cakes. So I went into the uh, other control room, and I was told I worked with two of the weirdest bleeps alive on planet Earth. And I said, wait a second, what? I'm, I was voted at one point the number one weird person that works at this radio station or radio station group. Uh, and it generated from me trying to get Jazzy Jeff Walker, uh, who's got a hook on his arm, to eat one of Essig's crazy chips, the what do you call it? The one chip challenge the thing? Pocky the, the Pocky one chip challenge. The Pocky one chip challenge that he tweeted out uh, at Mr. Me and Me and Me and Me. Uh, and nobody will do it, even Jeff Walker, who like is cra- about as crazy as you can get. And they, they basically said Essig is the, the weirdest person that works now at the radio station group. And they said, you're pretty weird, too. And I said, well, what about me? I was, again, voted number one at one point. And they said, well, I guess I'm like weird emeritus or something like that. So basically they're saying our show is just the wide, wide world of weird. Okay. Come on over here, though. It's where you get a lot of great information right over here at 301-230-0980. We go back to the phones. Is this a rallying point with Ron sucking it up? taking accountability, and saying he had a bad day. Let's go to line four and check out our guy, Roberto. What's up, Roberto? Roberto. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Rubio. Roberto. What's going on? How are you, pal? Listen, I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm I'm really having bio remorse right now because, you know, my ex is doing really good right now, and I'm like, uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, for those of you that know my 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 my, I came from the Giants, and I'm like really looking at my judgment <laughs> to well, to join this this mess. But well, yeah, I mean, however, I, I mean, I li- li- listen, any anybody that joined this fan base by by choice has been sentenced to a a, li- a life of 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 doom and death <laughs> and pain and my painful daughter, kicks to the my, groin. My, <laughs> My son said, are you sure, Dad? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I mean, might as well. Let me catch him on in the bottom. Because once, once the glory days come back, I can say, no, I'm not a, a you know, bandwagoner. You know, I'm, I, I, I was there when it was rough. You know, I was there when the DEA, you know, came came through the <laughs> the facility. I was there when, when Dan was, was, was dodging the Congress. You know, I was there. Right. So I can claim when we go back to the glory days, like the fifty gut things days. I wish we had fifty gut this past Sunday. Oh my God! From <laughs> the Degon Ball. Why do we have? Mm, anyway, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going to go there, Chris. And and, and uh, listen, we are going to do something about this franchise. Us. The fans going to have to get pitchforks and, and, and torches and, and guns, whatever, and go up there and take command. We got to take command. You got to take command. The, the lack of the thing, the thing was lacking on this team is execution. And I'm all for it. Execute. <laughs> that was once a famous saying. <laughs> Thank you very much, Roberto, you, Roberto McKay. 
<laughs> exactly. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Always good to hear from you. Uh, you you were singing a little song before the show. I was? Yeah. What was I singing? And, uh, around the coffee pot. You were, uh, take command. Oh, take command. Yes, you got to take command. We'll see if they'll By take the way, command. the running game, uh, uh, just for those that are interested in this th- uh, sort of thing, 89, run, uh, 89 rushing yards per game. The NFL league average, 118.5, so they are 30 below yards per game. The NFL average, that's the NFL average. Rushing yards per play, 3.87. The league average, 4.48, so they are 0.61 below. Again, the league average, league average in rushing yards per play. Let's go to line one. Jeff's in Vienna. What's up, Jeff? Hey, anybody who thinks that Matt is weird has, should have to deal with those phone lines for a week and uh, leave it at that. that yeah, we, got that some in, be, we got some interesting characters around here. That would be some good punishment. Pete, did that winning horse Eric Davis last night dust the field with blinding speed? Um, the one out of the pocket at 17 to 1? I don't know if it was uh, I don't know if it was blinding speed, but uh, it pulled off a shocking upset. I know that paid thirty six dollars. That was good. Never bet against a, a red great like Eric Davis. So <laughs> um, the, the thing I can't gather is are people upset with what Ron said yesterday? Uh, well, yes, yes, absolutely. Be- because people think that Ron should have said it's all on me. It's our fault. We built it. We designed it. We picked it. We cultivated it. We brought it here. And he and and they are right in that regard. He should have done that. And then he could have been able to criticize his quarterback, which is what he wanted to do. He wanted to call out his quarterback. That's what he wanted to do. The problem is, is he compared him basically to Cooper Rush and Daniel Jones and said they're, be- you know, essentially that's the reason why they're one and four. Well, the only thing he was right about when he compared the, the, all of the NFC East teams is, yes, those guys are managing and leading their team better. Daniel Jones and Cooper Rush are managing, leading, captaining, performing, operating their team better than Carson Wentz is. Period. End of story. That's the truth. Okay. But I, people I are upset, well, he yes. Came, yeah, he came out and said, well, I screwed up. You know, I, I don't know the nuances of everything like you guys do, but... Um, you know, the captain obvious comment of the century is if they're winning, none of this stuff is going on. But that is not the case. So um, sure. maybe they can head to sh- maybe they can head to Chicago tomorrow night and and steal one and and start to turn people's opinions, you know, one one degree out of 360. Well, I mean, you can't get to, you can't get to, you know, 500 without getting to two and four first. So uh, the most diehard Washington fan. Okay, the most diehard Washington fan right now is we got to beat Chicago. And as long as we're not mathematically eliminated, we're still in it. The good news is there are six teams in front of them that are two and three. So, you know, at some point, do the Giants come back to earth a little bit? I don't know. But until you're mathematically eliminated, there's always a chance and the players will play hard as hell throughout that thing. That's the one thing with his group, regardless of whether you think the coaching is any good or not, the players are going to play and there's enough players on the roster. They're going to be in a lot of games. Question is, can they finish and win any of those games? Ultimately uh, to me is the question. And how many division games have they played so far? One? No, the commanders have played two. 
Yeah, Eagles, and, okay. Eagles, and Cowboys. I mean, if you're not four and two in the division, you're certainly not going to make the playoffs. Regardless no, probably of what you not. The rest yeah. of the league, probably yeah. not because well, of tiebreakers and all that stuff. No, no doubt. You got to win your division games, and they're zero and two. And again, the soft part of their schedule was, as I said all summer. There is no soft part of the schedule. There is no easy opponent for this team, and that includes uh, tomorrow night. Jeff, as always, we appreciate you. Good uh, to hear from you. Where Let's go down Route 210 to RT and Indian Head. What's up, RT? Yes, sir. Thank you all guys for breakfast this morning. RT, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, listen, I agree with everything uh, you are saying this morning as a team. But, you know, if the head is sick, the whole body is sick. They ain't got to clean some of, of, of some of that trash he got, man. Some of the, and his accent that he got, man. And then, you know, the team will probably react better. But another thing is, Carson Wentz had a chance to win that game if he just would ran the ball. He had the field was wide open for him to run the ball, and he wouldn't run it. I'm trying to understand what is so difficult about if the field is wide open. And you know you had a chance to win the game, run the ball. Well, because again, as we as we've been trying to say all week, and I, you know, and it's a, it's a fair point. You're you're right theoretically, but with 19 seconds left, assuming that you're talking about the first down play, right, or even less than 19 seconds, and no timeouts because they squandered all the timeouts. What happens if you get right. stopped? What happens if you get stopped? Can you can you line up, spike the ball, or run another play and? Then do you only run one other play as opposed to, you know, as opposed to the three plays that they ran? The problem is, is right. you're paying a guy $28 million and you traded two picks and he can't throw a pass from the two-yard line and get it in the end zone. That's the problem. <laughs> On three tries and all three could have, should have been intercepted. It's why Ron called him out. Now, nobody wants to admit this. Carson Wentz has not been good. I don't care what the stats say. I don't care how many majestic passes he has. Overall, he's had way more bad than good, period. It's all there is to right. it. Right. Now, another thing, uh, another thing, guys, is this. I don't see no trick plays where they bring Heineken in and do a flea flicker or do some kind of trickery mm. where Winston fakes to Heineken and there's somebody downfield wide open because they bring Heineken in. I don't see that. I don't see no emotion from Ron. I mean, man, listen. Bring Eric the enemy or whatever his name is, the enemy from uh, Kansas City. Eric the enemy. Young guy in, right. I mean, they had Sean McVay, and look at Sean McVay. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't understand, man. Dan gives these guys too much power. He need to get somebody to coach him because he's a pitiful owner. Appreciate it. I mean, Appreciate I mean, you, that's, that's, You know, oh. y'all guys probably could do a better. Uh, uh, uh. Yep. I think the phone monster got to him. That was not me. It's was, all right. Appreciate I was trying to jump call, in there, RT. But... Let's go to line seven. Seven. Aaron's in D.C. What's up, Aaron? Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, Aaron. How so, are you? I, I'm doing okay. So, I, I do agree that there there's some issues with how the team is performing and how Winx is playing. And I do think that. You know, we need to try to be a little bit more innovative when we get down on the goal line. Um, they were dropping a lot of the players in coverage. So you might have had five receivers out with eight people trying to cover that five. So that played a major role in them not being able to get the ball in the end zone. I think that we have to get, you know, tougher and not as fancy when we get down on the goal line and, and be able to pound the ball in there. Um, and that speaks to, 
needing to solidify the interior of our offensive line. You know, I'm not down on Wentz as much as, as you guys are. I think that he has the ability to, to make big plays. He makes some boneheaded plays. But the big plays that he makes and the chunk yards that they're able to get, if they're able to hold up a little bit better on the interior, um, this team could be scoring a, a lot more points. And Cameron uh, Curl, I think if he had been playing earlier in the season, you know, we might have potentially one more win versus where we're at currently right now. So I'm still frustrated, as some of the other fans are. Um, I do think Ron is really good for the organization as a whole. I'm not sure if he's the perfect coach for the organization, but I think he's good for the organization. That's what my comments are. Interesting point. Good call. Good call. Um, what do you make of that? Um, I think Ron is good overall for the culture of the organization, stability, yes, but and to so usher through far, this era. But so far, yeah. Chris – this is about results, yeah. man. It's a results-oriented business. You're right. Okay? So either Ron, the coach, is failing, Ron, the GM, is failing, or they're both failing. Yeah. Well, I mean, both can be true. All can be true at the same time. Ron could be good for the culture and the changing of the guard and the changing of the face and the the needed stability of the franchise in terms of, like, a steadying presence and a calming force, but he could also be bad at his job or Here's not the, good enough at right. his job. Here's the good news. There's 12 games remaining, so there's still time to figure it out and get it right. Look, I mean, dude, we've seen, you know, good guys become head coaches and it not work out. Yeah, Green Bay turned to their, you know, to their all-time greatest player at one point in Bart Starr, and he was the coach for a long time in Green Bay, and they rarely busted a great. He was a tremendous leader as a quarterback. They won world championship after world championship, but as a coach – he didn't get it done. A lot of good dudes have been head coaches and have not gotten the results and unfortunately have gotten the Ziggy. 301-230-0980. Is this the rallying point for this Washington football team? Ron, taking accountability, saying, fellas, my bad. Didn't mean to kind of throw it out there that way. Or is it the beginning of the end? One way or the other, we'll find out tomorrow night as they take on the Chicago Bears. 301-230-0980 and streaming live for free. On the Odyssey app, the big fellow tells us what's trending. All right, well, Ron Rivera apologized to his team and his quarterback, Carson Wentz, yesterday, as we've been talking about all morning. If you missed any of the conversation over the last hour and a half or so, hit the Odyssey Rewind, Team 980, all of your calls, reaction, more coming up. The Commanders off to Chicago later on this afternoon after a light walkthrough this morning. Will they have John Dotson, Logan Thomas, Percy Butler? Uh, who else will be available? Carson Wentz has been limited in practice. The injury situation, not great. Deami Brown also limited. Whew. They could uh, be limping into the Windy City against the 2-3 and three Justin Fields-led Chicago Bears, who did have an inspiring comeback but fell short against the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins last Sunday. Speaking of issues, how about this? The Giants beat the Green Bay Packers and come from behind fashion last Sunday in London. They had their punter, Jamie Gillen, who actually played high school ball for a little bit uh, in Maryland. Well, the problem is, is Jamie Gillen arrived with the team, but he didn't make it back. And he can't leave London as of yet. The Scottish Hammer, as they call him, a native of Scotland, uh, again, is stuck in London. The team can't get him back yet. They expect him back for this Sunday, but he's not back yet. 
uh, because of visa issues. So we will see what happens with that. And as we talked about with Steve Wano from the Associated Press, the Capitals open up their season Tonight, Capital One Arena against the Boston Bruins. 645 on 106.7 The Fan and the Caps Radio Network. And that's what's trending. That's how you get to us. Is this the rallying point? Ron saying, yo, gentlemen, I take accountability. I stand before you, a humbled head coach and general manager. But I picked you 53 physical specimens to go play football. And I think you can do it. We got to go to Chicago and beat the Bears. It doesn't matter how we do it. It can be 3 2, 5 3, 11 10. We just have to beat the Bears. 301 230 0980. Is it the rallying point or the beginning of the end? 301 230 0980. You had a name. What's in a name? We were talking about people. Right. And you said you have a name that yep. might excite Pedro's fingertips and tentacles. Yeah. Because, you know, like as, as head coach replacements and, mm-hmm. and you know, came up, uh, a bunch of names, Eric Bieniemy, obviously Brian Flores, uh, Raheem Morris, Rocky Pinnock br- brought that up. So you've talked a lot about the proper structure, right? The head coach, general manager, the general manager hiring the head coach, so on and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. And that being kind of like the way you want to go about this. Even though, again, teams all do it differently, right? Sean McDermott was in place before Brandon Bean, but they worked together in Charlotte and now very successful in Buffalo, so on and so forth. So here's my thing. How about bringing back Kyle Smith and making him the damn GM? I mean, he was not not that he was perfect, but he was really good in personnel. He is extremely thought of. Buffalo tried to hire him to replace Joe Shane. And Atlanta blocked a lateral move, mm-hmm. okay, this offseason. Mm-hmm. I know that for a fact, okay? They can't block a promotion to general manager. It well, would be a little bit of yeah. Here's I, it would thing, be a little though. bit of a risk because he's never been a GM. On his way out, did he say, Dan, you're a ridiculous SOB? Well, that's the problem. From what I was told by good sources – Sources. He challenged the bleep out of Dan okay. in the war room. Well, guess what? When, when Dan chose and broke in well, guess what? and forced them to trade, he's uh, not, take Dwayne Haskins. He's not going to be your general manager then. Uh, probably not, but you know what? That would be a name that if you're looking, I, I truly believe this, if you're looking to hire a fresh, innovative face that has an accomplished track record of personnel and smart mo- remember he was here during Ron's first year mm-hmm. so he helped with the acquisitions of not not that it was him alone but he helped with the acquisitions of JD McKissick of um uh who else uh who else did they bring in that year god uh, uh, there were a bunch of guys I'd, I'd have to go down the list and and, and compile but, but JD McKissick was 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 one but they they had like four or five guys that signed here, uh, Wes Schweitzer, that signed here for 
virtually no money, all things considered, and that they got really good use and mileage and are still getting. Now, that's not to say he has a perfect track record, and he ran the college scouting department before getting that promotion under Ron, uh, and now Tim Gribble runs that, and Gribble and Kyle Smith are aligned, and my understanding, very close still or, or have a great working relationship. So you could have, like, Gribble basically be like the assistant GM, uh, have Kyle Smith be the G- now again if Dan's uh, if if Dan's if Dan's feelings are hurt over Kyle Smith he he didn't he didn't block a promotion for Kyle Smith by Ron so could it possibly be that Dan says look I'm so desperate to figure this out I don't care that he challenged me and thought I was a boob for drafting <laughs> Dwayne Haskins and he did. Right from what I was told, maybe from he'll like my multiple people highlights. in and out of the building. Well, Kyle, if you if you get the interview, you walk in the room and you say, "Mr. Snyder, I love those blonde highlights. Makes you look a lot younger." And those cowboy colors um, that some people have had an issue with. Uh, I didn't have an is. issue with that. But Sorry. anyway, that so that's a name, right? Some something to chew on, right? You mentioned Brett Veach earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There, there's there's plenty of guys need, out there, I'm, I'm not, and, and I'm not saying because right. Brett Veach's not leaving Kansas City. No, no, no. City. I'm just saying that type, that somebody type that's of never heard GM of, yeah, exactly, who's in control of the personnel right. and just do it with a regular structure, a Joe Shane type. You know what? That could work great, right? Like it seemingly sort of is right now for the Giants. Mm-hmm. It could also be a disaster with Scott Fitterer down in Carolina, who somehow thought, uh, uh, presuming that he was the one that thought it, that Sam Darnold was any good. Let's go to line three. Will's in D.C. What's up, Will? Question. Good morning, gentlemen. I wanted to find out, uh, when they won the two-yard line with 19 seconds, you think they uh, gave any consideration of bringing Heineke in with the option to run and or throw the ball? No. None. Okay. That guy, that guy, and put his helmet on all year. Yeah. So that and, and, you, you oh. would not, you would not. I understand where you're going with that, Will. I understand where you're going with that thought. But again, you're just not going to insert a guy who hasn't put his football helmet on all season uh, in in that part of the game with 19 seconds to go uh, down on the two yard line. Because okay. let, let's face so, it, let's the, face it, the quarterback was getting snaps rolled to him as it was. So right, you know, right. on the, on the two yard line. Um, and why do you think they didn't run the ball? I mean, if you can't make two yards. Problem is, they, Will, they had no timeouts. If you get right. stopped and guys are piled on top of you and it takes forever, you've gone from giving yourself at least three plays to okay. potentially just two to get it in. So, yes, yes. Yeah. You're, again, uh, last question. Go ahead. Um, um, what kind of grade or what kind of uh, thinking – would you have for the first five games with the play calling by the coordinator? Because I think he'd been inconsistent. Well, I mean, and I would, I mean, look, based on the execution of the players, you can't give it anything better than a C plus or B minus at best. That's generous. Mm -hmm. Because, well, I mean, but what's he supposed to, Will, appreciate the call. What's he supposed to do with the offensive line issues? What's he supposed to do? I, I mean, I, the only thing he can do, which he hasn't done consistently enough, it's been there at times, is the quick game and running the ball more, right? And that's the problem. He hadn't done consistently enough in the quick game. Was missing his top running back coming Understood. out of preseason. 
It's not like they had chopped chicken liver, but understood. Yeah, but uh, I, I think the head coach did not like the alternative. Oh, I, I, I agree think that's pretty obvious. I think they were absolutely out on Antonio Gibson. So, that, and so I, again, I, I think they still don't trust. Him. You're asking absolutely the offensive coordinator. Strong. You're asking the offensive coordinator with a patchwork offensive right. line and missing his number one ground man to commit to but thirty-five it, carries. It's not a game. like they gave Jonathan Williams a great chance. I mean, they gave him a little but sprinkle of a chance he's in Denver. Third and, uh, guy for a reason. I know. I know. No, but no, no city values dudes deeper on the depth chart than Washington D.C. You know, maybe give them a little bit more of a run. If if you're down on, if you don't trust Gibson, which I don't blame them for, and if you don't have Brian Robinson now, listen, Brian Robinson, what had eight nine carries last Sunday? I expect him to be over fifteen tomorrow night. Don't you? I would think that's their target. Right. I mean, let me tell you something. I, I watched a bunch of Bears tape yesterday. Those that that secondary, I mean, they play a lot of two deep. Mm-hmm. They play a lot of off coverage zone, off off. Co- I mean, a lot of cushion. If they don't run the football, and if they don't have the short, it doesn't have to be like every throw quick. But if they don't have the short to intermediate passing game going, where they're basically having Terry and Curtis Samuel, who should have a big night against this type of defense. Um, because that's what he runs a lot of. And and Diami, if he plays and he's limited, if they don't have those guys running basically little hook routes, slant routes, you know, comeback curls, whatever, five yards down the field, seven yards down the field, taking advantage of that softish defense, especially because they'll be worried about Terry and Diami taking the lid off. And if if they can't get that working along with B Rob 15 plus, and I don't think Williams is gonna play tomorrow night. And Antonio Gibson a sprinkle of runs, and J.D. McKissick maybe a sprinkle of runs, and certainly as a, if they can't get that going, I, I just 